Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford. Hey, this week, I'm flying solo. Uh, Darcy is putting kids to bed, which is awesome. She's kind of amazing for that. And happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I know that this is what you wanted to hear on your Valentine's Day, so I thought that I would put out an episode for you just about intimacy. (laughs) I I tried to do that in a Barry White voice. I don't know if that came across that way, but you're probably like, nope. (laughs) So hopefully, hopefully you're not like, uh, I'm never listening to this guy again. Uh, But uh, today we're going to talk about intimacy. So the, the entire month we have been talking about love. And love is an extremely important component of, uh, of the way that we interact with ourselves and with others. And we're not talking about love in the way that you're probably thinking, hey, it's Valentine's Day and let's talk about love. (laughs) That's not what we're doing here. So uh, if that's what you were looking for, sorry, my friends, you're not going to enjoy this podcast. But if you're here because you want to know how to have greater actual real live intimacy in your life, then we are going to start by talking about validation. In fact, we're going to do nothing but talk about validation this entire episode. So I hope you're excited about it. I hope that once you learn about this concept and you get a grasp on it, you are going to be able to look into what's going on for you in your pornography struggle and see if there's any uh, additional things that you can use to move further away from a pornography struggle that is keeping you from being the person that you want to be. So the, the, let's just get, get going, right? Uh, the concept of validation is really, it's not a complicated one, but it is a huge part of how we show up in our lives and how we understand how to better feel the love that we want for ourselves. The way we seek validation will also help us understand how pornography has been playing a part in our self-soothing process and our self-management process. Uh, I'm going to lean... Uh, a little bit on Dr. Schnarch's book, Passionate Marriage, uh, for the definitions of these two concepts. Um, and then we're going to talk about what they mean in the context of pornography and marriage. Other validated intimacy involves the experience, expectation of acceptance, empathy, validation, or reciprocal disclosure from our partner. So when we uh, expect others to validate us, to create intimacy in our lives, that involves expectations, the expectation of acceptance, right? So everything that I do is acceptable to you, empathy. So this is essentially the idea that no matter what we do, our partner will empathize with what we're doing. Validation, so that our partner will say, yes, you're good, and I will give you what you want so that you can feel good. 
And then this last one is a little bit uh, different, and I think it's probably a little bit different for uh, men than it is for women, but it, it is a similar concept for both. It's the reciprocal disclosure from a partner. So meaning if I tell you something about myself, I, I expect you to tell me something about yourself. Then there's other, or sorry, self-validated intimacy, and that relies on a person maintaining their own sense of identity and self-worth when disclosing with no expectation of acceptance or reciprocity from their partner. Our capacity for self-validated intimacy is directly related to our level of our ability to maintain a clear sense of ourselves when our loved ones are pressuring us to conform to their views, wants, or expressed desires. So it's a tangible product of our relationship with ourselves. And we're going to get a little bit deeper into this. I know these these definitions are a bit dry and they're a bit uh, they're hard to just kind of like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense, right? So I'm going to dig into this more and hopefully I can clear it up for you. And then I can also give you some concrete examples of how this works so that you can create real and valuable intimacy in your life rather than some of the intimacy that we that we work with because it's all we know, okay? So let's talk about other validated intimacy and how that might be keeping you from being successful in eliminating a pornography habit and how understanding the way that you're utilizing this can help you actually create greater real intimacy. When we expect our partner to give back to us as much or more than we are giving them, we're engaging in what Dr. David Glover calls in his book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, a covert contract. This is our way of trying to get our partner to tell us that we are enough for them. Uh, so I used to do this all the time with foot rubs and back rubs for Darcy. When I wanted to give her those things, she knew that I was expecting her to give me sex or love. And then so I would do the things that I thought would make it so that she was supposed to give back to me. Uh, I also did this with things like housework. You know, and, and I have had this conversation with so many men, and they're like, yeah, you know, I'll put, a, I'll put the kids to bed, and I'll do the dishes, and I'll take everything that I can off of her plate so that she's supposed to have sex with me. Or even just kind of give me, you know, anything, anything that I'm expecting from her because I did these things, right? And I, I, I did all these things often so that she would validate me with sex, but, it, you know, it wasn't always that. Sometimes it was just like, Tell me I'm a good husband. Tell me I'm a good dad, that sort of thing. This covert contract was about expecting something from her that she was not offering freely because she wanted to give it. Now, Darcy would tell you this was really frustrating for her. She would tell you, you know, this was a problem. This was not something that she enjoyed. She felt obligated in a lot of ways, partly because that was kind of the, you know, the ethos that she'd grown up with. Um, uh, you know, when she joined the church and when she got married, she was given the explicit, uh, <laughs> the explicit advice to never turn your husband down because he'll turn to pornography. So uh, there was a lot of you know emotion and struggle and frustration there, and she would also tell you that she did the same to me in other ways. Right? She would say things to me like, "We never talk," and this was kind of a regular refrain that she would you know bring up even when we had literally just spent the entire previous day together hanging out, talking, doing things, like she would just feel like I wasn't giving enough to her. Uh, and, and she would tell you that she was seeking for me to tell her 
that she was enough, that she was accepted, right? So she would, she would come to me and say, give me the validation that I want. Not in those, not in those words. And at the time I didn't really understand it, but what was happening was we were uh, seeking other validated intimacy by asking each other to manage our sense of whether or not we were okay, right? Sex for me said, hey, you're a good husband, you're a good man, and I can give this to you. And when I give this to you, you can feel good about yourself. And for her, it was that conversational intimacy that, hey, you know, I, I'd like to talk about my day or any of that. And this was our way of getting from our partner something that wasn't being free, freely given, right? When she would say to me, hey, you know, you, we never talk. I would feel obligated. I'd be like, oh, wait, maybe I'm a bad husband. Let me talk to you about things, um, which is a really unnatural way of having a conversation. It's like a terrible way of having a conversation when someone comes up to you and says, we never talk. And you're like, well, do you want to talk about something? <laughs> and they're like, well, you, you come up with something to talk about. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden now I'm obligated to say something that I don't have any idea what you want to talk about. And it feels really forced. Same thing's happening with sex. So guys, if you want intimate sex, if you want an intimate marriage, like physically and emotionally, stop obligating your partner to have sex with you by using these covert contracts, this other validated intimacy to get from them what you want. Um, one of the reasons... So this is kind of a little bit of a side note. One of the reasons that I believe men and women turn to pornography is that there's nothing we can't ask for that won't be given in that space. So, it, you know, it's almost a totally free-for-all space, right? It is self-gratifying and other-validating even when those others are not present physically, mentally, or even willingly. When we go into pornography, we're getting out of it everything that we ask for maybe not everything, but everything that we ask for in the immediate presence. And we, we don't have to give anything for it. This is, you know, this is an idea that just kind of occurs to me, but it makes sense, at least from one position, right? Which is pornography validates us regardless of how we feel and regardless of whether we are acting with integrity. When we deal with people in real time over real issues, we are constantly at risk of being rejected. This is kind of one of the central things that I believe makes pornography so appealing on on kind of a, on a different level than just being aroused by it. Pornography never rejects us. It never says that what we want is not available, right? If you go to your partner and you say, hey, I'd like to make out tonight. I'd like to have sex tonight. I'd like to make out tonight is how I talk to Darcy. But if you say, hey, let's, you know, however you talk about having sex, you know, pornography never says, I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm, I'm tired. Can we just snuggle? Or I'm upset with the way you treated me. It never says that to you. This is what I'd like to call a counterfeit other validation that is really, it's constantly available at the tips of our fingers at all hours of the day and night. Whereas to be self-validated and to have self-validated intimacy, we must be able to maintain our own sense of identity without requiring others to affirm it. We have to be willing to disclose who we are when we are alone with ourselves without requiring others to reciprocate. And that's kind of a deep topic. And we're actually going to get kind of deep into that um, on the next episode, so next week. But just I want to say this again. We must be willing to disclose who we are when we're alone with ourselves without requiring others to reciprocate.
We have to be able to say, this is who I actually am. This is what I look like when I'm alone with myself without requiring our partner to you know, either disclose more about themselves or affirm that who we are is okay. And this is a really fine line, so I wanna be clear here. If we go off into the land of, I don't care what anybody thinks and I'm gonna do what I want because I'm never wrong, that's not a healthy place and that's not what I'm talking about here. <laughs> so if, if you're like, oh, I should just not care about what other people think and I should just you know, never be wrong, that's not what we're talking about here. That's, that's outside the bounds of what I'm talking about. So don't mistake what I'm saying here. Self-validated intimacy is about being able to choose closeness with our partner or others while simultaneously maintaining our sense of ourselves. So this is a dance of being in relation to others because we want to while being solid in who we are for ourselves. So let me just kind of give you the most clear example that I can give to pornography viewers who are in relationships. Um, and this is from my own life. This is uh, something that has had happened to Darcy and I many, many times over the course of my struggle to eliminate pornography. So Darcy would come to me and she would ask, have you been clean? And when I was, I would say yes. And she would follow that up with, well, how do I know? She wouldn't always say it just that way, but more or less, she wanted me to validate her. She wanted me to prove it to her. Um, and in past times, I would try to convince her. You know, I would just try to fold into her insecurities. I would try to work extra hard and prove that I was a good husband. But the truth was, you know, and it became clear that I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. And I was doing what was right and it became clear to me that I didn't need to prove it to her. In fact, the real truth here is that I couldn't prove it to her, right? How, how do I prove to you that my behavior, when I'm alone with me, meets some standard that you've set? It, it, there's no way to do that unless you literally have a camera on me 24-7, and that would be, that would be onerous, to say the least, right? It became clear that my answers to her in this vein needed to be about me. So instead of saying things to try and manage her emotions and try to prove my innocence, I would instead say, I can't prove it to you. I just know I'm doing the right things. And this was a really unsatisfying answer for her and also for me because it, it, it lived in ambiguity, which is one of the reasons I think true intimacy, the kind that lives in self-validation and the choice to be near our partner can sometimes elude us. Those of us who want true intimacy in our lives are going to need to get comfortable in this place of uncomfortable ambiguity, where we choose to understand that our sense of self is essential to our relationships. And next week, we're going to talk more about this when we talk about differentiation and enmeshment. But what you were seeing there was me being solid in who I was, being solid in the fact that I was doing the right things, I was being the right kind of person. And I didn't have to prove that to Darcy, not because I didn't want her to know who I was, but because there wasn't anything I could do to prove it to her. So I had to let her live in that space of figuring out, how do I want to feel about this? What can I think and choose to believe and feel about this when there's total ambiguity here without relying on him to tell me I'm okay? 
So I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, email me. Just email me at Zach at ZachSpafford.com, and we'll set up a, a, like a meeting and have a conversation about this because it's, it's, it's a fascinating process. It's absolutely necessary, and if you're not ha- sure how to do it, let's set up an appointment, and you and I, we can chat about it. That would be awesome, right? Um, but for this week, if I can give you one thing to take away from this conversation, it would be to look at how often you are looking outside yourself to determine if who you are what you are doing and how you are relating to the world around you is okay, right? So take a look at all of the things in that sentence, right? Who I am, what am I doing, and how am I relating to the world? And do I have to look outside of me to decide, is this okay? Do I have to go to my wife and say, am I a good husband? Am I a good lover? Am I a good spouse? Am I a good um, father? Am I a good whatever? Do I have to look outside of me to members of my church congregation and ask them to tell me I'm a good um, Latter-day Saint? Do I have to look to my boss or my peers to tell me that I'm okay, that I'm good? And if you are doing a lot of that, it might be time to really kind of step away and start seeing if you are good with who you are. So... One example I had, um, one client, he said, I try to think about everything I'm saying in a way that will make it so my wife takes it in the best possible light so as not to upset her or create a bigger argument. So everything this client is doing is to gain the validation from his partner while simultaneously he's losing himself in her world view. A self-validated person would do their best to speak honestly and clearly about what he or she believes to be true, while also holding space for meaningful dialogue around what might be better than what we are currently believing to be true. So if I'm having this conversation with my partner and I say, you know, I believe this is the right path to take, and they go, okay, but I I think that you're missing this and this and this, I'm willing to not just abandon what I say or what I think, but also consider what that other party thinks from a meaningful place. You know, I hear her, I hear her say, okay, this is what you're saying. Um, Let me reconcile those two things. I'm not necessarily sold on what you're saying, but I'm also not going to outrightly reject that. And I'm also going to make a decision based on who I want to be. So again, we are choosing closeness, which is not the same as sameness or conformity. We're choosing to be with that person even when there's ambiguity, even when there's not sameness and conformity. And, you know, someone who's self-validated would also be choosing honest discussion and not shying away from meaningful disagreement, right? So in, in what that client said, he's basically shying away from meaningful disagreement because he knows that in that, and, and this client, he gets he gets a, a uh, a lot of heat from his partner. Um, I, w- I, 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 don't, I don't know how to say this politely, but she's kind of a bully. And he has very much taken a back seat. And so he's often shying away from meaningful disagreement because he's not capable or willing to stand up to the heat of her arguing, right? It's like she just wants to like bully, bulldoze him. And he's like, oh, um, yeah, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, I have to like disengage from her because she's so intense. 
Um, and this isn't like shouting matches. This is just like, I'm going to browbeat you until you finally give in and I win. So being willing to stand up and own that meaningful disagreement, choosing honest discussion and not willing, you know, not necessarily just like, you know, laying it down and walking away, that is self-validated. That is, and, and this is not about conflict. So if we go back to self-confrontation and other confrontation, we're not talking about conflict. We're talking about, again, meaningfully disagreeing in a way that is about love and choosing to be close. And as Dr. Schnart says in Passionate Marriage, intimacy is a two-pronged process of confronting yourself, so we talked about that, and self-disclosing to your partner from a position of working to be self-validated, which is what we talked about today. How do I get to a place where I am, I'm choosing to disclose where I might be wrong? So this is me sharing with my partner what's going on with me. Am I viewing pornography? Am I not viewing pornography? Am I engaging with my partner in an honest way? And am I willing to live through the discussion of whether or not that particular behavior is valuable or right or good or acceptable within our marriage? And then am I also willing to continue to choose closeness with them regardless of whether they validate me? So this is something that kind of comes up uh, with, with men when they tell their wives and the wives are upset and sometimes the wives are like, well, I just give him his space and I try not to be angry with him. And that's not necessarily an honest position either. So the, the goal here is not to just like validate your partner in his feelings, but actively confront the behavior and actively choose closeness while still maintaining your own position of, I am trying to be a whole person here. Um, that's, so what that might look like instead of saying, you know, I just, I just let him have his space and I let him whatever. I, I always treat him super nice around this and I try not to yell and I try not to be upset with him and all of that. It might look like a little bit like being upset but also choosing closeness, leaning into the relationship while also saying, your behavior frustrates me. So this is, like I said, this is a really, um, it's a somewhat ambiguous, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of amorphous, there's an amorphous nature to this. There's, but it is concrete in the sense that I can, you know, look at who I am and be clear about that and also choose closeness without expecting you to choose me or to validate me or to, you know, as it's set up at the, in, in the beginning, right? Uh, without choosing or expecting you to, you know, empathize or accept what I'm doing or reciprocate in any way. So this is about who am I? How do I want to move forward? And can I move forward while also choosing closeness with my partner? I hope that brings greater intimacy to you. It's going to take practice. And if you want help practicing, I'm happy to help you practice. That's one of the things that we do both in the membership and um, in my individual coaching. I help people understand these concepts and live them, which is much more valuable. And the more you live them, the more likely you are to succeed at them and create real, passionate, 
marriages, as Dr. Sharge calls it, but deep intimacy with our partner. All right? I love you guys. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash workwithme, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link. And if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.